0: Well, Chris, it's, uh, in, in America, everything is jurisdiction by state, so every state is different. I live in North Carolina, um, but right now I'm in the state of Tennessee, which is next to North Carolina, and everything's a little bit different here, so uh, it, it depends on what state you're in, and um, things are different, and we're all just kind of going day by day. Amen. Wow. Well, thank you, Chris. And um, it's so good to be with you this morning. Um, I was supposed to be in the UK this month. And, you know, with everything changing and shutting down, we just learned to uh, shift our platforms. I love Chris and what he's doing there. Um, I've been a longtime uh, fan of uh, the nation of Wales. I've been coming into Wales for over 30 years. And I um, through my really good friends, Julian and Sarah Richards, who are dear, dear friends. We've been walking together for over 30 years. I love what God's doing in Wales. I love what's going on with New Wine. And it's such a privilege to be a part of what's happening there. And so even though I can't be with you personally, I'm with you in spirit. And with with, with technology and everything shifting, um, we can still talk. We can still share life. And so this morning, I want to share some things about understanding prophetic times and seasons, because we are in a time and a season that nobody predicted, nobody saw coming clearly, yet God has shifted us into a a new season. And so we want to say, okay, God, you're in control. You know what's going on. Help us understand the prophetic time and season we we are in. So to do that, I want to uh, take us into Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, we're going to look the next um not only we're going to look at this about about 14 verses in here but ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says this to everything 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 <laughs> there is a season we got to rest in that right away we say okay god this is a season we're in and he says and there's a time to every purpose Under heaven. Here's the other key phrase it's under heaven. Everything happening on earth is under another jurisdiction. It's under heaven. So we're not just floating around and trying to find our way through this. This is under an authority, it's under the jurisdiction of God, it's under his superintendency, it's under the divine hand of God Almighty. So everything, there is a season, and there is a time to every purpose under heaven. So God ordains the times and the seasons. We have to really settle that in our hearts, that God is ordaining. not God's not up in heaven watching and going, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know that was going to happen. I'm watching. No, God is watching because he's ordaining times and seasons. he And he wants us to understand. So we, as God's children, God's people, because we have the Holy Spirit, we can know, we can understand what God is doing. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 16 because he said, you can predict the weather by looking at the, at the sky. This was before weather apps. Um, they would look at the sky, and they would predict the weather. He said, you can predict the weather by looking at the skies, but you don't understand the signs of the times. So this is why the church is moving. The church is changing. We cannot stay way we've been. God is purposefully challenging, changing church. It's his church, <laughs> and he is He is forcing us to change. So many churches over the last six months have been forced to change. We're changing our delivery systems. We're changing our technology. We're changing. We've been forced to do that because God has changed the times and the seasons. So we're going to learn something this morning from a prophet in the Old Testament, Jeremiah. And so... We're going to learn a requirement from Jeremiah to know the times and the seasons. So, if you have Bibles or you have a device, switch over to uh, Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 7, one verse to understand the requirement to know the times. What's the requirement of God in the season? What is God requiring of? You and me. I'm in America, you're in the UK. There's brothers and sisters all over the world. We're all changing, and God is requiring something of the church. So, Jeremiah chapter eight, verse seven God is going to teach us this morning, if that's okay. He's going to teach us something from the birds. He's going to use birds to teach us as his people. Isn't God good? He uses nature, he uses agriculture, he uses all kinds of very simple things to teach us his favorite, we're his favorite, we're his people, we're created in his image. But he's going to use birds. So Jeremiah, in chapter 8, verse 7, is going to teach us something about the requirement to know the times. He says this, even the storks in the heavens know her times. The turtle dove, the swallow, the crane, they keep the time of their coming. Uh, Another way to say that in another translation is they know the time of their migration. So if we look at birds, birds know the time of their migration. Birds know when it's time to migrate. Birds migrate. They have to migrate because there's certain times and seasons of birds. So here we are. I'll take America for it right now. Um, it's uh, it's it's the autumn season, but things are getting chilly over here. We're going to change our temperature, and in the northern part of America, when it gets chilly, the birds start going, "Hey, <laughs> it's getting cold up here. We need to migrate down south." Now, bird migration is a purposeful. Uh, uh, part of their structure to move them from decreasing resources to increasing resources, which means what? Food is going to dry up here. We need to move to another location to get more food. Not only that, they need another primary resource besides food, not only food, but they need nesting location. We have to go and nest so we can breed So if you think of that whole idea, it's like, why do birds migrate? Well, first of all, God coded them to migrate. They just know when it's time. We have to move. We have to migrate. We need new foods and resources. Something has to change in our diet. And we need to find a new location so we can multiply and grow. And so when God is um, moving birds, (laughs) he has a purpose to change their resources and change their uh, their habitation so they can multiply. Now take that idea, and then Jeremiah goes back and says, so the, the stork in heavens, they know their times, the turtle love the swallow, the crane. They know the time of their migration. Watch this now. Now he says, but my people, he's now comparing us to birds. He says, but people, my people. Do not know the requirements or the rules of the Lord. My people don't know. Birds know, but my people don't know. It's a little bit of a rebuke. Now, when he says, my people don't know the rules of the Lord, it's a powerful word in the Hebrew. It's mishpat, M-I-H-A-T, mishpat. They don't know the mishpat of God. Mishpat is a strong word. It's a very legislative jurisdiction. Jurisdictional word. It means the judgment or the legal sentencing or the divine law of God. My people don't know what God is legislating, is what Jeremiah said. My people don't know what God is kind of legislating from heaven to earth. So, what we need to know is what is God requiring of us in this season of change? Birds observe their appointed times. Birds know this. If we stay in this current season, we might die. Birds know. Listen, they don't need a bird prophet to tell them. They don't need a bird convention. Let's go to a bird convention and find out what's going on. Maybe in the Twitter world, they get a tweet, right? (laughs) They get a tweet, but the birds... No, it's time to move. We have to move or we'll die. They know if we stay in the same season, we're going to lose our food source and we can't multiply, so we must change. So crisis, we're in crisis right now. The world's in crisis. Crisis is a clear indication that times in the spirit world are changing. And crisis is an accelerator. It it accelerates things. Listen, church, my friends, we are moving toward what we call finality. We are moving toward the finish, the ultimate finish. And you know what? In the process of moving, it's going to get crazy. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not comfortable to migrate. Birds don't migrate because it's comfortable. Um, They willingly embrace the effort to migrate. It's, it takes effort. They have to change location. They have to change um, culture. Um, they might lose some friends. Uh, they might have to give up something. And so they know this. Birds know this. If we stay in this old season too long, we might die. And I just want to say this seriously. If the church stays in the season that we've been in without Understand the requirements of God. We could die out. Things are dying. Churches are dying. I'm, I'm being very clear right now. One in five churches are not going to make it. One in five churches are folding up. They're dying. They're not able to migrate, and they're being absorbed. And so an old season <laughs> will eventually kill you. If you stay in an old message too long, it could kill you. And we have to apply this on the macro level, but also on the micro level. So we have to move into new seasons. And so what happens is God is legislating mishpat, his requirements. He's legislating change. Church, we have to change. And so therefore the frequency of our proclamation is also changing. Look at how we're, how our, Our communication has changed just in six months. um, We're moving into new places of declaration. We're declaring the gospel in new platforms. You know, uh, YouTube, Facebook, all these ways that we're communicating on Wi-Fi now. And so if we're not aware, a lack of awareness of what God's doing is actually we're violating a divine system here. God says, I have a system in place. I'm moving my church into a new system. And if we've if we're not aware of what God's doing, we're violating what He is proposing to His people. We're His people. He says, but my people don't know the requirements of the Lord. We have to know His requirements. So we know that we have to know the Mishpat of God. And so God is expecting us to know. Here's the thing not just know, like while well, I watched it on the telly, I, I turned on the BBC and I watched it on the telly, now I know. No, it's not just I know, I must respond. I must respond. How are we going to respond? So the question this morning for all of us is, what is the nature of my response to what God is doing? It's not just observe what God's doing, it's like, how do I respond to what God is doing? And here's the thing. You have to hear it from God. And you've got a great pastor. I love Chris. He's a great pastor. He hears from God himself. But it's not just Chris hearing from God and others and Julian and Sarah and your great new wine people. It's not enough that leaders hear from God. You have to hear from God. Yeah, you have to hear it. It's very prophetic. It's a prophetic time and season. And so it's not like... So your leaders are saying, you must press in. You have to hear from God because all knowledge has to be met with response. I have a knowledge of the word of God. You do your devotions in the morning. I read my Bible this morning. What did you hear? I heard this. Now, how are you going to respond? So God's voice is so important in this season. God's voice. Because God's voice carries with it resource. God's voice carries with it resource for execution, to do something. It's not enough to hear the voice of God. It's the fact that God carries something to you with his voice to do something in the earth. And so when God talks, it opens up something. It opens up vistas. It opens up all kinds of um, uh, opportunity, and it carries a resource to do something, and it, it runs in you. All the time, always always running in you unless you choose to uh, not obey him. Disobedience is shuts off the voice of God. And so we have to say, God, you know what? As long as I walk in obedience, I'm going to walk in resource. Catch that. As long as you walk in obedience, you walk in divine resource. Listen, we need something from heaven right now. We need something that's outside the earth because the earth is in turmoil. And we say, God, resource us, please. Please resource us. So let's talk about time for just a minute. To everything there's a season and a time, a time for every purpose under the heavens. Time... Let's go to the Greek for just a minute. There's two different Greek words for time to help us understand time. One is chronos, which is chronological time. Weeks, months, years, seconds, hours is how we measure time. Um, It has uh, this empty purpose. It can't be stopped. Don't you wish? (laughs) Don't you wish you could speed up time on Monday morning and slow it down on Friday going into the weekend? But we can't do that. Time just marches on. It's not subject to activity. It's not subject to anything we do in the earth. But there's another word for time that the Greek uses, and it's the word kairos. Kairos time is different. Kairos is a now time. It's an appointed time. It's a due season that God sets. It's a supreme moment. It's totally out of the control of God. A now time. Jesus came in the fullness of kairos, time. God sent Jesus into the earth in a kairos moment. He knew exactly when he wanted Jesus to show up on planet earth into humanity. So we look at this word time, and that word kairos is the closest to the word we see here in Ecclesiastes for time, which is a little tiny word in Hebrew, which is eighth E-T-H, eth. To everything there is a time, everything. And then it's amazing. um, I won't labor it too much, but um, in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 2 through 8, Solomon lists 28 different times, 28 different times and seasons. Let me just ruffle through these real quickly. He goes, well, first of all, there's a time to be born and a time to die. Any questions on that? How are we doing so far? <laughs> a time to be born set by God. How many of you were born because God set that? He purposed you to be born in a certain time. We are living in a miraculous time. We're living in, I would say, some some would say in closer to the end times. We're living in the 21st century, a time to be born, a time to die. That's the absolutes, beginning and end. And he goes on. There's so so many, a time to plant, a time to pluck up, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and so on. And he ends with a time of war, a time for peace. 28 different seasons that we as the body of Christ go through. As a human, we go through. As a church, you go through 28 different seasons. A time for every purpose. And so here's here's now what how do we successfully get through times? What is success for the Christian in all the different seasons we go through? And I mean some are some are not. Here's the thing: you look through the times and seasons. You know a time a time to seek, a time to lose. Wait a minute, a time to seek, but a time to lose. God, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. it. I don't want to lose. Is that a season I have to go through? Well, I have good news for you. Um, What if you're going on a diet? If you're on a diet, a time to lose is a good thing, right? See, context is kind of the king of the season. What's your context? And so for the church, we have to say, God, what's the context of these different seasons? And so success is an accurate prophetic March. Through the season you're in. What's success? Walk through the season with Jesus. Walk through the season with Jesus. That is success. And here's the deal. We are in an upward call in Christ. So here's the deal. You enter one season at one level and you come out higher. You always come out higher than when you went in, because we're in an upward call in Christ, and God ordains that. What you have to sense is the divine pulsation in your life right now. You have to say, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? What are you downloading into me right now in this season? Sense the divine pulsation of the Spirit of God, and say, God, what is it you're requiring of me. My people don't know the requirements of God, Jeremiah said. So God, what is it you're requiring of me? What's the divine pulsation? And remember, when God is pulsating his divine energy into you, there's resource. God's resourcing you right now. You're in pandemic. We're shut down. We're locked down. We're limited. All kinds of things are going on in my flesh, but the divine pulsations of God do not stop. He's resourcing you for something in the future. So let's define, as we wrap up here, uh, in a few more verses in Ecclesiastes 3. What is a prophetic season? If we're going to understand prophetic times and seasons, what's a prophetic season? So a prophetic season is an undetermined amount of time. This is the difficult part. We don't know how it's going to actually pan out, but it's an undetermined amount of time, but it is of a limited duration. The good news is, the good news is, there's a limit to this, because God sets times and seasons, beginnings and ends. So a prophetic season is an undetermined amount of time, of limited duration, in which God brings a challenge to us prophetically, a prophetic challenge, which means what? something that God brings to us that we can't do without him. It's like, God, you're challenging us right now. And here's the deal. I I can't get, I can't make it without you. We come to the realization like this is a season that God, God ordained, and he's saying one thing, you need me. You need me. And we're going, yes, yes, God, we really need you. And so a prophetic prophetic time is very similar to a season. A time is an undetermined period of limited duration in which God is working out now a specific phase of his purpose to everything there's a season and a time to every purpose. Now we're getting into purpose because if you're like me, it's like, God, what's the purpose of a global pandemic? If you're God and you're sovereign and you control the times and the seasons, throughout history, and we look back from Moses to Abraham to Nebuchadnezzar and everybody, God, what is the purpose? What's going on? He says, I'm working on a phase of your purpose. And then you have to look at that word purpose a little more carefully and say, what then is this purpose? Do you have the same question that I do? God, what's the purpose of this global crisis. And the word purpose in the Hebrew is an interesting word. It's actually an action word. It means, watch, to bend or curve. To bend or curve. Do you realize God is bending us into shape? God's shaping us. God's bending us to his purpose. He's, he's, what's the ultimate shape? Christ. (laughs) it's really, it's big, but it's simple, but it's complex because everything God is doing is to make us Christ-like. He's bending us into his purposes. He's shaping us to be more Christ-like. Even in pandemic, in crisis, in pressure, the pressure of God is to bend us and shape us. He's the potter. We're the clay. He's putting pressure on us to bend us into his perfect shape, Christ. So we have to allow the pressure to shape us. And so to finish up, I'm going to look at a few more verses here in Ecclesiastes 3 on understanding what's God, what's the purpose of this season? What's, show us. So in Ecclesiastes 3, after these 28 seasons in verse 9 and 10 then, Solomon goes on and says this, what profit is there to the worker from that in which he toils? Have you ever ever thought that? It's almost like, God, what's the point? What's the profit to what I'm going through? I'm toiling here. I'm working hard. What's the profit? He goes on in verse 10 and says, I've seen the task which God has given to the sons of men to occupy. I've seen the And the King James Version says a beautiful word. It says, I've seen the travail, the travail that God has given, the travail that God has given to the sons of men to occupy. And so what is our primary occupation right now? What is the work that we're toiling in right now? And I can tell you the number one purpose of a season is Prayer. Prayer. Oh, yes. You can never get away from prayer. Because God shifts times and season and causes us to pray to birth things. God, for some reason, chose to use humanity to birth divine purpose. And we do it through prayer. And so this word, travail, is a birthing word. When Zion travailed, she brought forth. It's a birthing word. We're birthing something new in this season. We're birthing the purposes of God in prayer. I know you're a praying church. I know new wine is a praying movement. Everything you do has been birthed in prayer. And so God has caused us to press in to pray to prevail, to birth, and bring forth his purposes right now. Church, Gateway Church, keep praying. Don't don't minimize prayer, and don't look at prayers like a last resort. It's got to be our first response. You're birthing something in Abergavenna. You're birthing something in Wales. You're birthing something in your nation. We're birthing something in the earth. And so the purpose of a change of seasons, first of all, is to drive us down to our knees and pray and birth the purposes of God. Secondly, in verse 11 of Ecclesiastes 3, the first part, I love this phrase. It says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. In its time, in that sequence, in, in its F, God is making something beautiful. Now, we're not looking at outward cosmetics. It's not hairstyle, it's not clothing, it's not the outward, it's inward. Inward beauty, something beautiful inward. And first of all, what's the most beautiful thing God can make inside of you? Christ. More of Jesus. Do you realize whatever you're going through, God is making more of Jesus in you? And that's a beautiful thing. And if you don't know, check with your spouse, your family members, and say, is there more of Jesus coming out of me because that's the most beautiful thing you have to offer to the world is the Jesus in you but not just I'm becoming more beautiful I'm a nicer person to be around that's good but understand this when God makes something beautiful he makes it full of resource so when Solomon says God is making something beautiful in his time not just beautiful to behold but beautiful to experience a resource from God. You are a, a living resource to other people. What God is doing in you right now, even, said, so I've been through six months of lockdown. I've been through six months of ag- agony. I've been minimized. I can't go out. Oh, this is hard. But you know what? God is making something beautiful. You have a resource. The kingdom of God is a, a giveaway system. We give away. God so loved the world that He gave. We're a giveaway people. We give, and just realize God is developing something in you to be given to other people. Your testimony, your uh, your walk with God, your answer to prayer. So He's made everything beautiful in its time. The next part of verse eleven says, "Also He's put eternity into man's heart." What's the purpose of a season? is to enlarge our heart. With what? How enlarge what? With compassion for the lost and hurting people. You know what? I, I have to admit, it, it, it. I can be very selfish. <laughs> In this pandemic, you know, listen, I, I, I travel, I'm used to traveling 250 days out of the year. I've been home, The last six months, more than I, in the last six months, I've been home more than I have in the last 25 years. In one shot, it's like, whoa, what a change. And you know what? Here's the thing. I haven't lost my heart for the lost. In fact, I'm I'm growing in my heart for the lost. He has put eternity into man's heart. God is enlarging our hearts for the lost and the hurting people of the world. That's what God's doing. Listen. God's saying, listen, I want you to have a greater heart for the lost in this season. And I just want to say this simply, if we don't get it now, then God says, okay, round two, here it comes. I'm going to bring something into the earth so that I can enlarge your heart for the lost. He's put eternity into our heart. He's putting eternity. You need to walk around going, are they going to heaven? Are they going to heaven? Are they going to go to heaven? We walk around to our neighbors, our friends going, I wonder if they're going to go to heaven. I wonder if eternity is in their heart. He has to put it in our heart first. And the last part of verse 11 says this. This is tough now. Grab this. It's tough. This is the hard part for us as humans. But notice what Solomon says. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. He cannot find out. Now here's our carnal curiosity kicks in. God, I want to know everything. (laughs) Yet Solomon says, wait, 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 wait. You will never fully discern the purpose of the season while you're in it. Please catch that. You'll never fully discern the purpose of a season while you're in it. It's when you come out of the season, you'll find out what God is doing. So you have to rest and it's like, God, you're up to something. I trust you. I trust your work, even though I don't understand what you're doing right now. We have to be that kind of people in this season. One more verse. I'll close with chapter 3, verse 14. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 14. Solomon gets prophetic now. He uses this word. He goes, I perceived. It's a prophetic perception. I perceived that whatever God does will endure forever. Understand this. This is an eternal work. God's seasons are always for an eternal purpose. We go through it in the flesh, we go through it in our our our, our, our scope and sequence of times and seasons of weather and We're going through a season right now. It's natural. But God says, this is eternal. What I'm doing is eternal. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. God uses these seasons to refocus us on eternal things. It's so easy to get caught up in world events, politics, pressure. It's easy to get caught up into it. I mean, the world, the media is just inundating us with all kinds of things that deal with our temporal world, and yet God says, I'm eternal. We have to think with eternal eyes. The next part of verse 14 says this. Here's another, another tough pill to swallow for a moment. He goes, nothing can be added to it, Nothing can be taken from it. Wow. Listen, you cannot change or alter what God's doing during your season. You can't change it. I'm going to help you out right now. This is going to help your prayer life. We're all in a prayer life right now. Our prayer life has gone way up, which is great but you have to be careful on what you're praying because you can't change or alter what God is doing in the season you're in. So you have to find out, God, what are you... See, my people don't know the requirements of God. God, what do you require of me? What are you requiring of my church? What are you requiring of the situation I'm in? God, what are you requiring... I can't change or alter what you're doing in my prayer life. So I want to join you in what you're doing. Um, it kind of takes some pressure off. It, all, it takes some refocusing of your prayer life. Instead of coming to God with your agenda, we have to come neutral. George Mueller, the great George Mueller of Bristol, England, said this, I must come to God totally disposed of self-will, I come and empty myself before God and just say, God, what do you want? We have to be in that position right now more than ever because the world and every voice out there, the media is constantly telling us what we need to do and we have to say, God, what do you want? So you can't change or alter what God's doing. And the last part of verse 14 is so powerful as we conclude this. Watch what Solomon says. Solomon pulls us all together. On understanding prophetic times and seasons, 28 different seasons we go through: a time for peace, a time for war, a time to lose, a time to gain, all these different seasons and times that God is doing something miraculous in the earth in our season. It's 2020 and almost 2021. And yet God is still in control. The same God that split the Red Sea and took you know Joshua through the Jordan River, the same God. Is doing something. He's still doing it. And here's how Solomon wraps it up: chapter four or chapter three, verse fourteen. He declares this: God has done it. Just sit on that for a minute. God has done it. Not the devil. Do you notice Solomon never never mentions the devil? Hey, 28 different seasons of extremity, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to pluck up. a time. You're thinking, oh, the bad stuff must be the devil. The good stuff must be God. No, he, he doesn't go there. He says, God has done it. So that, purpose. People fear before him. What, what, what are we concluding here? God's bringing us into a relationship with him. That must encompass something we forget about, which Solomon calls the fear of the Lord. God has done it, he says, so that people fear before him. It causes us, yes, to fear God, not to run away from God, but to draw us closer to God. The fear of the Lord is not to cause us to run away from God. He's not a mean father that's going to beat you if you do something wrong. Like, I'm afraid of my dad, so I'm going to run away from him. It's like, no. Here's the fear. A healthy fear of the Lord is simply, I fear straying from him in the season. I I don't want to be away from God. I want to be close to him. My fear is what? I try to do this myself. My fear is... I try to get through this on my own initiatives. My fear is I try to, I try to muster enough strength and, and an ability to get through a season on my own. What a fearful thing. <laughs> I must fear the Lord. I'm not scared of God. No, I'm not scared. I fear doing life without him. And so what do you need most? as We're going to wrap it up in this last verse. What do you need when we go through a change of seasons? When something changes, something shifts, something you didn't expect. We didn't expect this. Nobody saw this coming. Yet here we are. What do we need? We need wisdom, right? We need wisdom. And here's what uh, Proverbs 9 verse 10 says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What do you need? What do I need? We need wisdom to navigate these crazy times. We need wisdom. And how do you get it? Solomon said it well. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when we enter a new season, when we enter tumultuous times, crisis, We need the wisdom of God, and we come to God in prayer seeking wisdom. God, give us wisdom. We cry out for wisdom. We cry out, and in the crying out is the birthing process. We're birthing something new. Gateway Church, I'm so excited for you. I am so excited for you. I love what you guys are doing. You're reaching your community. You're giving things away. You're touching people. You're giving them food. Keep touching the people of Abergaveni. Keep reaching the people. It's all about reaching people and building their lives, reaching people, building lives. And as you do that, the fear of the Lord will give you wisdom. God, I can't do this without you. But not only us as Christians, think about the non-Christians. They have no resource except you. You are the resource they need. And I'm so excited for you that God is going to use you powerfully. I think better than ever in a time of crisis, God creates opportunity like never before. One of the number one words Googled over the last six months has been the word prayer. The word prayer has been Googled. Because people want, people want prayer. they like, I, I don't know what to do. I need a resource. And you, are the resource they need so let me pray for you I'm so excited for you I can't wait to be with you again and see what God's going to unleash in your region through your church so father we come this morning realizing that to everything there's a season and a time for every purpose God you're purposing things in every life in the church in Abergavenny and Gateway Church there's something you're purposing. There's something you're forming and bending and curving and shaping that's going to reach more people and build lives for Jesus and his father. I thank you for Chris and his leadership. I thank you for every leader at Gateway Church. I thank you, Lord, for the people there that, Lord, you're bending and shaping them into a resource that's the kingdom of God for people, that people will come to know Jesus Christ in a real and powerful way. That's my prayer. That's your heart. And we partner with you today in the Holy Spirit to see this come. May we know the requirements of God in a powerful way in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you